What is going on, gorgeous people? Welcome back to another episode of Search for Consciousness. Today, my gorgeous friends, is a special day. It is episode 11, one of my favorite numbers of season 3. And uh, let's just check in. So we'll start with some exciting news for those of you that reached out, uh, you know, just asking for early access to the materials that I'm working on. I am excited to announce that I sent over my samples, my writing sample. It was approved. The editor loved it, which I'm fucking excited about. And uh, now I'm just waiting for the official document to sign the contract. Once the contract is signed, like I said, right, you can't have one without the other. So once the contract is signed, there's some pros to it. There's some cons to it. Once the contract is signed, basically what starts to happen is I'm responsible for the timeline of the book. And there's certain deadlines. So I've never been in a position where, professionally speaking, I'm responsible for my own deadlines. So I'll share what I mean by that. And, and I think it's interesting because consciously, in terms of frequency, vibration, energy, this will be beneficial to anyone in the pursuit of their goals, especially when you look at a contract that's nine pages and you feel like passing out. And even for the wizard, like I know I talk a lot about being mindful, but that doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. It just means you observe them differently and that they play less roles in your life. Like emotions don't become the deciding factor in decision making. And I'll get into this whole ego thing as well. But let's get back to what I'm saying. So the contract was important. And, and knowing your state of mind when you're looking at contracts is important because that's how it affects your decision making. So back to the contract. So the contract was approved. I got to sign it. Once I sign it, the deadlines start. And that's where it gets a little scary because when I went to grad school, I had a resume, not a resume. What's that called? A syllabus. And the syllabi would dictate when the assignments were due. Very similar thing is happening now where in exchange for the amount of money that I'm getting paid, I have to hit certain timelines, deadlines. And if I don't, then I can lose the contract. There's something called the kill fee attached to that. So on a really positive note, after I sign the contract, the worst thing that can happen is that it would get canceled, the book deal, and I would still be paid. So that's literally the worst thing that can happen. The best thing that can happen is that the book can go to Target. It can go in these really well-known places. And then that can generate a lot of sales. Not to mention, it can help a lot of people. So those two things combined, generating sales, allowing me to live the life that I'm, you know, building here. And then also impacting people in terms of mindfulness. Like my dream was to spread the message of social emotional intelligence to help people live better lives, happier lives. So that book deal that came up is helping me attain that and reach that. So I'm very grateful. Now, before I move on to something different, yet still on the same vein, what I would say to you is that if you're interested in reading an advanced copy for free, you'll hear it again, for free, then all you have to do is email me. I filled up about 20 spots already. We have about another 20 spots available. So if 20 extra people are hearing this, email me at mindfulwizard at gmail and say you want a book spot. I'll know what you're talking about. I'll save your email. And then later on this year, probably closer to the summer, I'm assuming between whatever the promotional period is. So let's say I got to write the book by like mid-May. 
meaning that they'll probably edit it in a month. So by mid-June, you guys should probably be getting an email. Anywhere between the beginning of summer and the end of summer, you will sh should have that book in an electronic format. The only thing is that if you receive the book, the one thing I'm going to ask you to do is actually fucking read it. And besides reading it, I'm going to ask you to review it online because that would help us and it'll help you and everybody's happy. So that's the only stipulation that I have. So if you want the book, let me know. We'll email it to you and that'll be that. Now, when I jump back in, I want to talk to you about doubt. I want to talk to you about ego. I want to talk to you about timelines. I want to talk to you about the voice of, of doubt. And we'll get to that. That'll be a lot of fun. But I'll jump back in a little bit. Holla. All right, let's get right into it. So, so look, guys, brothers, sisters, I love you all. The problem, I think, with achieving shit is that there's so much in it. There's good and bad. Like, there's so much excitement to what I'm doing. But then there's also so much fear around it. And, you know, ego is important. And I understand why, shout out to Ryan Holiday. I read his book a couple years ago. Ego is the enemy. Read it. It's such a fucking great book. And sitting back and reflecting on what he's talking about, ego is actually the enemy to great success. To great success. And you might be saying, well, wouldn't you need an ego to be successful? And that's coming from a limited understanding of what the ego is. Because a lot of us only think the ego is something positive. Like, yeah, I'm confident. Or something really negative. Like, oh, I'm overly confident. But the ego is actually the voice of fear. And I'll show you how. If your personality is attached to only being successful, what happens when you fail? That's why a lot of us secretly, subconsciously, hear me out before you attack me, subconsciously seek a mediocre lifestyle. And I'm not telling you not to be humble and enjoy your life and be grateful. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is a lot of us have secret dreams that we don't talk about. So instead, we settle for what life has told us is comfortable, what life has told us is fair. And you might be saying, yeah, but I want stability. Of course you do. We all do. But at the same time, how stable is it when you're unhappy? How stable is it when you're going to a fucking job that can fire you? When you can go to, you know, and, and yes, I can fight back and be like, yeah, but the, the same way the book deal can be canceled is the same way that we can be fired. So there is no security. But at least in this situation, I'm putting my everything on the line. And I had to realize that. And hear me out, though, because the ego, the ego does some shit like this. It'll say to you, all right, you achieved that. So once you make a goal, whatever that goal is, then the ego starts this this unconscious process of saying all right when's the next goal you'll never be as good as that first book that's just for mine i'm showing you what mine says that's the voice of the mitote if you listen to my brother don miguel ruiz jr the voice of the parasite the collective consciousness whatever you want to call it but let's get back to that voice so it'll tell you yo you know you can't accomplish anything like this so you got lucky lucky's a big one because a lot of successful people say things like I got lucky and then if you hear them during interviews and they say nah this wasn't luck I worked for it I busted my ass some of you might be like oh these people are fucking cocky you gotta understand not to label yourself that way now don't be arrogant don't go out there and treat people like shit but recognize that your choice of words either keeps you frozen or elevates you 
Because I've even caught it within myself where I say things like, oh, I'm not that successful or I'm not this or I'm not that. And it's because you don't in your mind see yourself that way. So how the fuck do you expect to get to that level when the people that are helping you get to that level believe in you, but you don't? And that's the fucking ego. Like we, we believe in ourselves enough to try it, but we don't believe in ourselves enough to keep going when shit is not successful. So let me tell you what happened with me. Like, And there's a reason I'm bringing this shit up so passionately. When I was talking about the book, there was a two-week period where I had to wait to see if the editor approved my, my writing. And in that moment, doubt started creeping up. Because I expected her to write back, shit, it was five pages. I figured she'd write back in one day. It took fucking two weeks for them to get back to me. So in my mind, right, I'm in a rush. The universe isn't in a fucking rush. The universe doesn't rush greatness. The universe doesn't say if this is meant to be, you know, like... It'll only be meant to be Monday. That's us. Those are our timelines. Those are our deadlines. And I understand that in the real world, quote unquote, there are deadlines, but we don't make them shits, right? So so the universe does. And there are responsibilities that I'm going to be contractually obligated to fulfill. But that's different than this. I'll be happy when this book comes out, right? Or I'll be super successful when this happens. These are unrealistic expectations. But the ego clings on to that and says... Nah, man, you'll only be successful when you write 50 books or people will only start listening to you when you reach X many followers. And that's what we do. We talk ourselves out of shit because we're scared to take the leap and fail. But I got something more for you. I got the antidote to that. Ready for this shit? I hope you are. The antidote to that is not tying your personality solely into success. Because then I'll ask you, who would you be if you weren't successful? Who would you be if you weren't the identity that you attached to? Who would you be? If your identity is, I'm, I'm a father, for example. You listen to people when they describe themselves. Who are you? Oh, I'm a father. I'm a student. I'm a lover. I'm a, I'm a dean at a school. I'm a publisher. Like, like, this is how we identify. And the minute that we can no longer adhere to the standard that we created, we think we failed. So I need you guys to understand the stories you tell yourself and your belief around the identification with those stories. For example, I'll only be good if I continue to publish books or I'll only be good if this book ends up in fucking Walmart or I'll only be happy if the book is translated into 15 different languages. We take our success and we fucking... I don't even know the word, crush it until it's nothing in our minds. And we shouldn't be doing that. Now, one more funny thing I want to tell you. Actually, let me get a cup of coffee and then I'll jump back in. Stay tuned. I love you all. The next topic I want to discuss is how people use your platform. I'll be back, though. This is a funny one. Holla. I'm back. So, first of all, I'm in the city recording, like always, on the move. So, just bear with me, man. The message is good. The audio will get better eventually. But I, you know what's funny? If I think, like, let's just say... In the future, we get a deal and somebody's like, yo, this podcast is cool. Uh, it's just the audio sucks. And they're like, yo, you need, to do, you need to sit down and do this podcast in your house or in our office in this quiet ass space. I won't have as many ideas. Like I would have to come in with a scripted ass version and I don't want that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just be out here crazy and whatever I am. All right, but let's get back to business. So that's for those of you that are still listening. Thank you. I know it's not Howard Stern quality to my old heads. Or uh, Charlemagne the God But no, on a serious note I want to talk to you guys about now How the ego plays into it And how expectations and all that Affect what you would do So for example Like what you would even try to achieve You gotta check the ego, man I'm telling you because Number one Nothing is un... 
realistic if you work hard enough. So shut the shut the, tell the ego to shut the fuck up. Like shut the ego up. You feel me? Just seriously, just show it that you can do it. And I'm gonna go back to the book because. You know, those two weeks period, I call it the incubation, while I was waiting to see what the fuck was going to happen. There's an egg being born, right? Coming out of nothing and and, and materializing. And you got to wait, man, because if not, sometimes we do things so impatiently that we actually fuck it up. Like something in me was like, yo, email her and find out what's going on. But then I said, nah, brother, be patient. This is business, brother. And this is why they say to y'all, if you pay attention, the first person that speaks in business loses, Y'all got to learn how to sit in that uncomfortable or what's next feeling. And I'll give you another example of how that works. You're in a contract negotiation. You're sitting there. You know that you're worth 20 fucking million. And you have the metrics to believe it. It's not just a number that you're pulling out of your ass, bro. You have insights on a social media page. 100K, by the way. You feel me? We have 100, uh, 100K views in two months. God is good. That means that we're banging out 50 fucking K views a month on TikTok. And here I am thinking I'm not doing well. We're getting 50 fucking K views a month. Shit is crazy. With no real promotion. Like We promote, but not to the level of like major businesses. Shit is just crazy. But now you're sitting in... You know, hypothetically speaking, you're sitting in this negotiation and they're telling you, yo, we're only going to give you 10K. The ego sits there and it's like, bro, that's the only deal you're going to get. Right. And it forces you sometimes to take on things that you don't want to necessarily do, but you feel like you have to. Now, am I telling you to undersell your services sometimes for the benefit? Possibly, because that's what I'm doing with the book. Like if I wanted to charge straight up, I think I would have to charge a lot more than what they're offering me. But at the same time, the growth, the potential for growth is astronomical. Dude, if I could walk up to a fucking Target and pick up a book that says Steven Rivera on the cover, it's going to fucking, I don't know, it's just beautiful to me. So you got to think about that too. Plus, we're going to have an author page and an acknowledgements. Like, my ideas are going to live forever, right? Like, my parents are going to live forever. When I when they die and when I die, if somebody buys that book and they read, you know, I love you, Ilma Mercado and Jose Rivera, thank you for making me. I just created another level of consciousness and my parents live again. This is the search for consciousness. So everything I'm doing is bigger than just for me. And sometimes I just have to remind myself that. So, all right, now let's get back to how people use the platform. I'll tell you something funny. This lady hit me up. She's like, I really want to work with you. Listen to this shit. I really want to work with you. I said, no problem. I could put you on the podcast. I think you're perfect for the pa-pa-pa. She's like, nah, I don't want to talk about no podcast. I want you to uh, basically like advertise her daughter. So I thought it was funny because I'm like, yo, I'm not a fucking... uh, Listen to this shit. Back to labels, right? It all makes sense. In my mind, I'm telling myself, but I'm not a promoter. But I fucking am, though. The only difference is I'm not promoting clubs. I'm promoting myself. So why wouldn't I be able to promote another person? What I don't like, though, is that the woman used our search for spirituality as the foundation to set up why I need to look out for her daughter. Like... It's weird. It's like, it's just be straight up with me. Be, don't say that you want to work with the wizard. Say that you want the wizard to help you. But we'll see where, where, where that goes. So I'll have a conversation with her tonight. Actually, in five hours, I got to call her. I scheduled a call at six. And then uh, we'll see what it is that I can do for her and vice versa. But at the same time, I just find it interesting that people segue that way. Like, oh, yeah, I love your business. I love this. I love this. But you got to help me. But that's part of war. You understand it? And business is at times war. So you got to move intelligently. That's why I refer to chess so often because the first person that speaks, you make a move too quickly in chess, you lose, brothers and sisters. You feel me? Watch the ego. Monitor the ego. I got way more to share with you. But for now, let me eat some breakfast, uh, some lunch because I got to get back to work. And yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. Please, 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 if you forget everything that I said, 
at minimum, understand the importance of silencing doubt in your mind. You have to, because if not, you're not going to take the leap. I love you all. You guys are great. Uh, what else I got for you? Oh, yes, April 10th. April the 10th, the event is going to drop. It's going to be dope. I got a secret location somewhere in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. <laughs> if you're excited about following up and finding out where it's at, just send me $10. That's all I'm asking for, $10 for an hour of my time. Our time, we'll meditate together. We already got a group of people coming. I got a photographer waiting there. What else you want, man? Just pull up. It's going to be fun. But uh, for those of you saying meditation should be free, then go fucking try it for free. You feel me? But if that doesn't work, then come back to the fucking wizard. Guided meditation is fun. Especially if you got a group that's committed to growing together. So yes, April the 10th in Sunset Park, Brooklyn on a Sunday between 2 and 3. Come after church. Come during church. Skip church. I'm sorry, God. Skip church one time. Pull up. Or go to church after. Catch the night service. I don't know what to tell you, but pull up. All right, guys. I'll jump back in with more ideas about ego. Fucking learning who's using you. Letting them use you for, uh, let's say, a mutual goal. And life is good, man. This is all part of business, and I'm and I'm I'm loving it. Also, though, listen to the sounds of doubt because it will stop you from pursuing your goals. Holla, yo, yo. I like this beat in the background, so I don't even know if y'all can hear this, but I heard this off of TikTok. You know where it goes, so I can get focused. What up, y'all? What up? What up? What up? What up? So let me start by TikTok just by saying that they really introduced me. The platform has really introduced me to other types of people, and I'm actually very grateful for it. Besides the uh, following, right? It's a nice following. I feel like it's more organic. I feel like I'm not working as hard, right? Like on Instagram, I'm sitting there writing captions. Fucking sometimes, you know, literally at six in the morning, trying to rush before I shower to just write. I don't want to say rush, but, you know, write quickly. And, um, you know, sometimes I take 20 minutes, real talk, 30 minutes just to write one caption. And, and it's difficult, right? But then there's benefits to it. And, um, you know, now that, We've segued into more book writing. I'm excited because it's basically trained me to prepare myself. But I'm going to keep reminding you guys and beating this damn idea into your head because it happened to me. So I, I can pretty much say it's going to happen to most people. Now, I don't want to say that we're all one and the same, but we go through a lot of the same basic uh, experiences. The names change, the faces change and the dates change. But, you know, a lot of us still deal with doubt and um, myself included. I'm never going to sit here and say I'm better than anybody. And, um, you know, the doubt was creeping in. And I think I mentioned it before that they took like two weeks to get back to me. And then in that moment, I was like, yo, what the fuck does this mean? I lost the deal. And then I think I talked to you guys about the insights. Right. So let me just take another second to mention the insights. Insights are important because it shows how much social media engagement you're getting. And that's what businesses are looking for. So I think that's something that you need to think about. And I broke it down pretty well on um, TikTok and Instagram today. So I want to just take a few seconds to explain my thinking process. If you're only, let's just say, getting 200 views a day on one of your TikTok videos, then my, my recipe for that is post consistently six times a day, right? So six times, hear me out, six times 200 is 1,200 views a day. Now you do that for 10 days in a row consistently six times right you will be at twelve thousand views in 10 days then if you do that for a whole month you'll be at thirty six thousand views assuming that you're going to average 200 views but what you have to understand is that some of your videos may get 150 views and then another one may legit just get twenty thousand views like tiktok is crazy that way and it's about watch time so if people actually spend time watching your shit then um then there you go 
All right, so I wanted to talk to you guys about that because I think that was important, especially for our low-level creators. And I'm not saying that we are not important, but we're just not super influencers yet. So if that applies to you, just listen to it. You know, I think it's very helpful. And it's something that I'm developing over time. I don't have a fucking marketing team. It's legit just me. And then I want to tell you something else that's interesting. I need to stop. And this is like, guys, I know that a lot of it is this podcast is specific to what's been going on, but it's just such a monumental change in my life that I kind of want to talk about it, process it, look back. And I, and I know there's something in here that's going to help somebody. So so that's where I'm at with it. Um, I'll get into how this guy was basically calling me ghetto multiple times, and then I'll share with you how I handled it because I think that's important. But before I get there, let me talk to you about the numbers. So the numbers are important to people that are looking for potential sponsorship deals and whatever, just deals. Like, honestly, I got to fucking thank TikTok and Instagram because that's really what got me the the opportunity and um obviously my hard work got me there but at the same time if it wasn't for those platforms it would be harder to be seen so yes in that regard numbers are important but at the same time don't don't you know like disparage and talk shit about yourself if if your numbers aren't flowing it may take time and then you got to start thinking about how you produce content and trending and all that all right but but let me just also say this right Another concern that I have is that, yes, I can get more trendy by literally just spending time looking at what's trending and then reposting those kind of content, that kind of content. But then I feel like I dilute my message. And um, somebody said it, right? I saw a video that almost made me cry. I forgot his name. I should have just wrote it down. But in the premise of the video, he's just basically the, the, the goal of the video is him to get people to understand that we have something called the microwave culture, meaning that we want that shit today. And then he said, compare your favorite meal from your your grandmother or your mother, and that meal was perfect. And if you microwaved it, sometimes it would be cold in the middle. I think that was the perfect analogy for us. We 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 try to do shit quickly, and then it's still cold in the middle, right? And and, and quickly doesn't necessarily mean efficiently or intelligently or consciously. And then there was a rapper that I was going to see called Ryan Caravero, and he fucking stopped touring. And I understand because COVID was crazy at that moment. And I think it was in December or November, and it was like one of the first concerts that I gift, gifted myself, and he fucking canceled it. And it made me sad because his energy, his lyrics, his his thinking is, is what I wanted to basically download. I wanted to borrow his consciousness. And I could talk to you guys about that, too. Like, I really believe that you can tap into consciousnesses of other people and then learn from them, right? And, and it can be verbally like we, we're doing right now. You guys are learning from me, and hopefully I can learn from you guys. Or it can be you can read it. And, and music does that for you vibrationally. So there's something that he said. He said, this is Ryan talking, the rapper. He says, if my mama could see me, she'll tell me stop being stupid because this buzz that I'm getting is just wisdom I'm losing. Right. So he's he's referring to alcohol. Right. This buzz that I'm getting right? I'm getting drunk and I'm just I'm feeling good, but I'm secretly getting dumber. That's what he's saying. But he's also referring to the dumbing down of your content to reach a wider audience. So it's difficult because I want to still be of substance. So I'm lucky because I have different avenues to deliver that information. So I'll do a few videos that are like three seconds. I'll do a video that's fucking three minutes and 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 hopefully the information gets across. So that's just something else to uh, talk about. I want to share with y'all that plan. Oh, one more thing and then I'll get to the ghetto guy. So it was interesting because a, a woman reached out to me and wanted to talk to me about deals, right? And... And at first, I'll be honest, I was frustrated because I didn't want to hear her ideas. I wanted to 
and I know that sounds crazy, but I'm being honest with you. I didn't want to hear her ideas and like go back and forth. I'm like, no, what I want to do is put you on the podcast and that's it. And then it's interesting because that's my ego saying that I know what's right, but the, the universe knows better. So then she was like, no, <laughs> she literally bypassed my entire idea about the podcast. And that annoyed me, but, but hear me out. Um, what she was actually doing was offering me a bigger opportunity. So she wants me to manage her social media profiles because she's doing a lot and, and she trusts me. And, and it's a nice opportunity. It's a paid opportunity. So here I am thinking I'm just, you know, a fucking podcast guy and a, and a I don't even know, a meditation teacher, a coach. And then from there, because we label ourselves, we limit opportunities. So I'm glad that the next day after I kind of processed it better and slept on it, um, I was able to see the bigger picture. And I'm like, why the fuck would I deny an opportunity? I like being on social media. So if I can help her page and it's a win-win and I get paid on top of that while I'm already living my dreams, then why not? You know what I'm saying? So, so let's start saying yes more instead of saying that we know the right way. Now, take that with a grain of salt, though, because some of you have to know what's best in the beginning, right? You have to kind of let your intuition lead you. And if you feel taken advantage of, then obviously don't jump into that. But at the same time, I want our egos to kind of die down. And the way I would advise you to do that is to move with logic, not emotion. And there's another piece to that that's confusing, right? Because emotion is one of our greatest guiding principles. But there's moments where emotion, for example, raw emotion needs to be placed, replaced by raw awareness. So I was aware that I was bothered because she ignored my request to be on the podcast. And at first it felt like she wanted to basically just take advantage of my platform. That's how it felt, right? It was fear-based. So I slept on it. I listened more to what she had in mind. And then the real opportunities presented itself. And it goes back to the four agreements when they say don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions that you're always right. And it's difficult for people that are highly intuitive because you have to be like, okay, is this intuition or is this fear? And the only way to really know that is to take the risk. So what I would say to you is study the patterns, but also don't be too quick to cut people off because you're actually cutting off your own limbs like what if that was one of the avenues that was going to take this page from you know a hundred uh ten thousand to a hundred thousand from a hundred thousand to one million so i'm sharing that with you and it could be something as basic as listening to somebody talk for 30 seconds right instead of saying no no, no i gotta go and cutting them off give them a second let them talk to you let them share their energy with you because they're coming to you for a reason these are messengers and sometimes we have our own opinions of how these messengers need to communicate with us, but but no, that's not your job. Your job is to listen. And it's difficult to do that when you have a lot of things spinning in your mind. And that's another reason, another reason, that's another reason a lot of us are so quick to dismiss opportunities. Now, this is a whole continuous idea. Another thing I want to say to you is that you'll notice that I may start producing shorter episodes i'm not trying to go for the 40 i might go back to under 20 minutes but hear me out especially for those of you that are enjoying the podcast it's only going to be for a limited amount of time because i need to get now that i signed the contract i am contractually obligated to finish in let's say i think it's a six week period six to eight weeks that leaves me two months to write a fucking book <laughs> and hear me out. I will be very 
truthful with you. I'm terrified because it's a huge opportunity. But these are things that I've been telling people are coming. Like I've been saying I can sense a shift and I know what's happening because the people around me um, are also speaking about transitions. So like the people that I'm close to, the students that talk to me, shout out to Kevin. I'll let him know that I'm talking about him. Today, he said to me like he's terrified because he's transitioning into college. And, and most adults were so quick to be like, oh, that's not scary. I got through that. But you forget that from the adult mind, it looks easy. But when you're 18 thinking about transitioning, that shit is scary. And I remember that because that was one of my like breaking points. I remember I lost my eye around that time. My first surgery, I was eight, I was 19 probably. So I was literally going into college with a fucked up swollen eye that would leak. And, uh, I'm, and I'm being serious. I'm not trying to make anybody sad. I don't know how much you guys know about my story, but my eye was fucked up and I would have to put like eye drops in my eye, let's say every two, three hours. And, and I was shy to like meet girls and I was shy to talk about it. And it was just like, it was really traumatic for me. And then you couple that with losing somebody that I really cared about. Like the girl at the time, I, I cared about her, but I'm glad she left me because my ego was all fucked up. And I and I was like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm untouchable. She wouldn't leave me. I'm cute. I'm this, whatever. And she was like, nigga, fuck you. So when she did that, I kind of learned to humble myself. And I'm, I'm so grateful. So there was a lot of transformative things that happened to me. But that being said, don't forget that someone's struggle is their struggle. And you can't. Well, I guess you can, but you shouldn't try to tell this person how to live. You can just listen and apply this in your lives. And you'll notice you'll argue less. Listen to people. See where they're coming from. Empathize with them. Put yourself in their shoes. Like if an 18-year-old is talking to you and you're fucking 40 years old, then take a second to remember what it was like to be 18. Instead of saying, oh, you're, this is a stupid thing to worry about or this is not important. You can redirect the energy, but at first listen. And see if they're in a place to even listen to you. Maybe they just want to vent. So that's that. I wanted to share that with you. Now, let's get to the ghetto stuff because that was funny. Um, I've heard on numerous occasions that I curse too much or that I look a certain way. And at first, right, when I first started teaching, I remember I would wear my earrings. But as I started breaking up more and more fights as a dean of students, I, don't, I think it wasn't a smart idea. And I remember when I first um, got into the Department of Education. Not even when I worked at the jails, but when I got into the Department of Education, I was like, yo, should I take my earrings off? I think I should. This is what a dean needs to look like and be professional. And I would wear button downs, right? And a young lady, shout out to her as well. She said to me, yo, you got to dress for the jobs that you want, not the jobs that you have. And I thought about that and I agree. But at the same time, the more I hustle and the more I build Mindful Wizard and the more I feel comfortable with my path and the more things open up. I'm not saying the Department of Education doesn't seem important. What I'm saying is it doesn't feel like it's aligned with my ultimate goal. It feels like a stepping stone. See, now I'm about to cry because one of my first episodes was called Obstacles or Stepping Stones. You see what I'm saying? And these words just come out of me when I'm flowing. So I'm not saying that my job is an obstacle. What I'm saying is it's an opportunity to launch me to somewhere else. And, um, and I want us to think about things that way. All right. Now, going back to the, the ghetto and the way I dress and the way I speak, because I'm feeling more authentic, I'm attracting more authentic opportunities. When I wrote the sample to the editor team, I made sure that I covered myself 
in the writing. They asked for five specific pieces. I gave them each piece was different. And each piece represented another side of me, an emotional side, and uh, I guess a aggressive side, whatever you want to call that and label it. But that's who I am. And I wanted them to understand that in their entirety. Now, for those of you that are asking, like, yo, I thought you got an assistant principal degree. Like, why the fuck aren't you using it? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm only looking for schools that are looking for me. And I, I know that sounds cocky, but if I got to spend another 20 plus years in a building, I have to make sure that I can I can tolerate the people around that we're on a similar mission. And as you grow in your fields and you get better and you get more confident in what you're able to do, you look for less acceptance and you look for people that are actually going to respect your skill set and are actually looking for you. And these jobs are out there of, you know, you're good at something and they need it and you need them and it's a win-win. So I'm looking for something that's mutually ex- um I guess accepting of who I am and what I'm working on. So that'll be dope. Now let's get back to the ghetto conversation. So on numerous occasions, this has happened to me. And it was funny because they actually channel the same energy. When I either launched, oh, actually shit, it is a book. When I launched my first book, right? The Law of Attraction one, Musical Clues. I spoke to somebody that I grew up with. He was like an uncle to me. And I remember telling him, like, we were checking in and everything was cool. And I was like, yeah, life is good. Just working, doing this, doing that. And then I told him I wrote a book. And his response, I swear to you, I swear to you he stopped. He looked at me. And he said, but your hair is fucked up. And, my, and, and at the time, right, it was COVID. I wasn't trying to go out and get a haircut. I was growing my hair. It looked crazy. I understand. And he said to me, but your hair's fucked up. And I looked at him and, and I ended the conversation. I said, well, well, it was nice seeing you again. Thank, thanks for that. I got to go get a haircut. Ha ha. And I walked away because it was like, what does that have to do with my, my joy? Right. I'm sharing joy with you. And you, you chose to opine at this time. So opine is a word for those of you that never heard it. Opine. It's a fucking interesting word. It means to opinionate. So he did that shit. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Why? Why that? Right. Why do you go low when I went? I'm talking about high vibrational shit. So then fast forward on numerous occasions, this man, this is another man today. I said to him a similar thing. It's a similar conversation. He's like, how you been? I've been good, brother. Everything is good. He's go, why you look so happy? I said, well, like I signed to a book deal. It's a major opportunity for me. And instead of saying like, yo, congrats, bro. You're doing great. I'm so proud of you. I've seen you grow. His response was, well, don't look like such a bum. And then he said, <laughs> what did he say? He said, you have to shave that beard. And then I looked at him and I'm like, you know, I didn't speak much because I was observing and I wanted to make sure that I spoke from a sense of awareness, not like being offended. And he said to me, yeah, because you look ghetto. And that's when like I snapped, right? In a nice way, though, I intellectually snapped back and I said to him, what if my target audience is ghetto? And I just let that sit there and I wrap it up with this. That was my question to him. What if my target audience is ghetto? Because to him, you can't be ghetto and intelligent. And I know this. This is not coming from one interaction. I've been speaking to this man for five years, and it happens on multiple occasions where he can look at me as an intellectual. But the minute that he feels challenged is the minute that he has to bring me back down to a ghetto Puerto Rican man. And that hurts my feelings, right? Because I'm more than just a ghetto person. Now, I do agree that I'm born in Brooklyn and there's a certain way I carry myself and I'm, you know, I have a beard and I wear hoodies and I wear Jordans, right? Well, now I'm Yeezy gang. No offense to you, Jordan, but like there's more to me than that. And and it bothers me because when he sees me, he calls me el profesor, which means the professor. And when I see him, I call him el doctor. That's not his role. He's not a doctor, but I respect him. So I call him that. 
And then I think when I brought up the book thing, something in him came out and he had to kind of like try to bring me off my pedestal. But when you notice that people do that, it's weird. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of like I don't I don't hate him, but I think that he's cutting off an entire I guess if we had to classify a sector of people that need love, right? You call them ghetto, I call them underserved. You call them aggressive, I call them needing developmental coping skills, right? And why it bothers me is because I was on the verge of going either way, going super hood and not knowing who I wanted to be. And, you know, thank God for the for the eye injury because then it slowed me down and it got me to really thinking, right? Those first two, three months after the first surgery, I couldn't move. So all I had to do was think. And um, I could move, but I couldn't leave my house. Psychologically and physically, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I had PTSD. I couldn't let people see me. I was ashamed. I was My whole ego was shattered. And it's great looking back. But in the moment, come on, man. And, and you know, I, I was... I was surrounded by people that we, that he would consider ghetto. And I get it. I get it. But ghetto is a, is a dangerous word to throw around that way, especially in an intellectual community. Like, I didn't want to be like, yo, yeah, I taught here. I got two masters because I don't have to prove it to him anymore. But I want you guys in the audience listening to know that if somebody's considering you ghetto, that doesn't mean you can't be successful. I'll say one more thing and I'll wrap it up. I met a professor. I'm trying to think of his name now. He was great, though. I can't really recall in the moment. But in, during my first masters, I remember sitting down and um, he did something really smart. He sat in the class with us and he was late. You would think the professor was late. So people started talking shit. Where is this professor? Where, where the fuck is this guy? And he was wearing a jumpsuit, like an Adidas track suit. And then he came out of the class, like out of the out of the seats and stood on the on the desk, not stood physically on the desk, but stood by the desk. And he's like, hi, everybody. I'm your professor. And every, there was like a second of just like frozenness because we was all talking shit, right? Like, where the hell is this guy? That's mad unprofessional. It's his first day. We paid whatever for classes. Where is he? Whatever college students would say. And he was like, I'm glad that you guys felt that. And I'm glad that you were confused about a black man sitting in Adidas clothes because you automatically assumed that I was your peer. But little do you know, I'm your professor. And it was a very powerful lesson because it's like looks can be deceiving. And then he was very smart. He was a genius. He's a fucking professor. Doctor something. I got to get back to you. But I don't know, man. There's so much more to what we are and, and, and who we are than the labels. So what I would say in this situation is break free from your own labels. And don't let people label you. Teach them, though. Because one day I hope to teach El Doctor. I hope that he recognizes that, yes, I am ghetto. And guess what? I'm very successful. And, and the both, they can go hand in hand. So I'll leave you with that message. Try not to be judgmental. When you catch yourself being judgmental, dig deep and find out why you believe that to be true. Just because somebody looks a certain way doesn't mean they are that way. Patterns can repeat themselves, but people change. People grow. And the universe is pushing us in that direction. So be more accepting of people. And I think that was a good message to leave you guys on. I love you. Uh, don't be microwavable, right? Don't look for the quick. Look for the real. Uh, yeah, continue to support. We got the books dropping soon. So if you still are interested in getting an advanced free copy electronically to review, email mindfulwizard at gmail.com. 
tell me what you're looking for. Say, hey, I'm here for the book and I'll send you the free. Well, eventually the, the business will reach out to you and send you a free copy. If you're interested in the meditation session dropping April 10th between two and three, which is a Sunday. See, even that I'm going to I'm going to do a lot like I got to prepare the podcast and then go out there and prepare the sessions. So thankfully, it's relatively close and I can get there. So if you guys want to go April 10th, a couple of weeks away, a couple Sundays away between two and three in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, in a secret location, an event space. So reach out to me. Uh, it's a $10 fee when you pay the $10 fee. Send it to RiveraS89 at AOL.com. Email me. I'll send you the address. All right? And we'll do it that way. On that note, guys, I love you all very much. Episodes drop every Sunday at 4. I believe this is episode 11 of season 3. My life has changed substantially, and I cannot wait to continue to see you guys as part of this process. I hope you're learning something. Shout out to all the wonderful creators that are undervalued, that people don't understand. Continue to work. Continue to push every day. Increase your insights, increase your engagement, and one day the right people will find you. If the right people don't find you, number one, find yourself and stay prayed up, guys. I love you. If something I said inspired you, share this message with somebody. Let's get this podcast out there. And God is good, man. Thank you again and amen. Holla.